Come with me, friend. For though the howling winds of free space do strange things to the souls of humanoids like me, worse still are the ravages if the sufferer is in isolation. Would you have me lonely among the stars? Since meeting you, Braz Ramshard, I have seen you do one fool thing after another. What power could compel me to risk my neck more than I already have? There is but one such power in all the moons. The power of... If you say friendship, I will run you through with the claw of Rantuck and dine on your steaming innards. I was not going to say friendship, you silly blue dragon. Stay your mighty claw. I was going to say adventure. Hello and welcome to Visions of Gundahar, a new podcast that is going to take an exhaustive look at the Moons of Gundahar series of books by G. Ellison R.R. R. Sadler. I'm your host. You'll just know me as Mountain underscore Dew 69. And with me is my friend... Robo Warrior 101. Robo Warrior 101. Uh, hold on a sec. Wait, what is that? Robo Warrior 101. You're not just going to use your name? Well, I mean, you got to... You're using your online handle, so I, I'm using mine. The reason I use mountain underscore do 69 is because I have my fingers in a lot of pies. And there's a lot of schemes that would come crashing down around my head if people had my identity. Um, uh, you're just a guy. I'm just going to call you Gavin because that's your name. I'm not going to call you Robo Warrior 101. It's cool. You got a cool name. Why can't I have a cool name? You don't think Gavin is a cool name? Well, I mean, it's all right. I mean, if you want to call me Gavin, I could just call you We're not going to be using my real name on this show. Okay, Gavin. But okay, so if we are going to use fake names, RoboWarrior101, what is that? 101? Is that because 100 people already had the name RoboWarrior? Actually, I, I, I was going to try to get RoboWarrior LOL, but that was already taken too. So, you know, 101. Plus, it's cool because, you know, I always, I always give 101%. 101%. But that's not even what people say. You know, people say I give 110% because that sounds like something. You recognize that 101% is not that great. It's just barely better than 100%. Well, I, you know, I think it's pretty good. If you give 110%, you're just, you're going to be exhausted in the first five minutes. You're never going to make it through the day. When most people hear 101, they're going to think uh, that sounds like a college course. Oh, well, that's all right, too. It'll make me sound smart. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, I'm Mountain underscore Do 69. This is Gavin. We're going to be talking about Hiya. the Moons of Gundahor books, which, again, both of us are big fans of them and we love them. And uh, really, the purpose of this podcast is to uh, foster excitement in the books at a time when it has just been announced that they're going to be making a movie out of the series. Now, it's a little unclear if they're going to be making a movie out of the first book or what they're going to be doing. I kind of hope they don't lean on the first book because it's not my favorite book, but I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the Moons of Gundahar books is my point. And um, I can't think of a person that I would rather talk about the, this uh, series with than, than my friend Gavin here because he's one of the only super fans of uh, Moons of Gundahar that I've met in my life. And, uh, you know, I've been a fan for a little while, ever since I was little. Since you were little? Yeah, like since I was... I mean... What? What is this? A sh uh, what is this a joke about my size? You're still a pretty small guy. Maybe so, but I'm talking about years ago, when I was a little kid. I mean, you're both skinny and really short. You ever think about, like, being a jockey? They're always looking for little guys over at the track. 
Anyway, my point is just that we're both fans. We can agree on that, right? Without insulting anybody and making fun of someone's appearance. I can't make fun of your appearance, really, because I don't even know what you look like. This is true. Listeners can't see this, but uh, I do wear a helmet at all times, and uh, very few people have seen me socially in the last few years without this helmet on. Um, and as you can also probably tell, my voice is being disguised. Again, this is all part of protecting my identity. It's very sensitive stuff that I'm involved in. Um, I just have a lot to protect, and I'm not going to let anybody into my world who I don't want there. What is this you're talking about? You're, you're, what are these secret schemes? Is the point of this show that I'm going to try to do a show and you're going to test me, Gavin? I mean, is that what we're doing here? Well, your your voice box is, is crackling there. I need to fine-tune it uh, when I get heated and uh, it does tend to distort a little bit um so i guess i'll just calm down but i would also ask you to you know help me calm down if that makes any sense all right well i'll try not to say anything to upset you that's probably a generally good idea with anyone unless you want to have this out right now oh no we're here to talk about the moons of gandahar and uh any of you guys out there who uh haven't read these books you got to pick them up i mean they're out there the paperbacks are, are, are pretty cheap. From the 70s uh, and the 80s, and uh, uh, just a wonderful, underrated sci-fi uh, series and novels. Now, if you already know the uh, books, you probably noticed that we began this episode with a dramatic reading, a, a, a very dramatic reading, I think, of one of my favorite scenes from the whole saga. It's uh, from chapter 21 of book two. That's 1976's On the Bantakian Sea. And in that scene, Braz Ramshard played by me, the, the best character in the books, uh, cements his friendship with the second best character in the books, played by Gavin, uh, Chord, the Blue Dragon. Second best? No, I'd say he's the best character in the series. He's my favorite anyway. Plus, he's not a dragon. He's a, uh, he's a Galglassian. He's a little, he's blue, he's furry, he's got the wings, he's got a snout, he's like, a, you know, he's got pointy teeth. He's, uh, you know, I don't know how you describe Would him. you say dragon-like, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell him the coolest part? You guys who are listening, if you don't know, I've been working on this tattoo. I get, I'm getting a chord. Uh, it's gonna be really big. It takes up most of my back because it's life size, and uh, I, you know, I can't afford it all at once. So I'm getting in installments. So I already got, I got both knees and a nostril, and it's gonna come along. You know, when I, I get a little more money, I'm gonna finish it up. I mean, I tease you about it sometimes, but that day you came over and you whipped off your shirt and you said, "What's that?" And I looked real close. What did I say? I said, that's Chord's nostril. I'd know it anywhere. Well, let's move on to our first sort of segment, I guess. Um, I did mention that we started doing this podcast because they are making a movie, and I think sometimes when you're a fan of a series, it, it can worry you a little bit, um, whether they're going to do it right, whether they're going to emphasize the aspects of the thing you love uh, or not, uh, whether they're going to trample on it. Um, I don't know if you have a gut feeling. I don't feel great about this based on what I know, but I think this episode will be a great chance for us to kind of reckon with what is happening to Gundahar. Have you wanted to see it adapted, uh, Gavin, or is it something that you would be fine with just the books and, and no adaptation? Oh, I always thought it would be great to see a movie, see a really good movie made out of it. Uh, really, a series of movies would be best. You, they need to do a movie for each book and just start at the beginning and do a, a movie of the first book first, and then hopefully that's a hit and they get to do the rest. Of course, you got to do a good job. I don't want them to ruin uh, these great books. It's going to be a, 
a tough job. There's so much cool stuff in there. It's unclear what this movie's going to be called. You said you hope they base it on the first book. I kind of hope they don't base it on the first book. I don't think the first book is is that great. Frankly, that book has the weakest villain in the whole series in it. Lord Testicle is is a terrible villain. I mean, he's he's ugly, and he's always just kind of hanging around, and it's not really clear what his purpose is until something bad happens. And then he's easily vanquished. He's He turned out to be a lot more vulnerable than you expect a villain to be. You know, that book is just not my favorite. I'd say it's just book one, and he's a he's a cool enough villain to me. I mean, yeah, it's a crazy name, Lord Testicle, but uh, uh, it's just his name. You need a uh, a local villain, a local guy who's just there on this one moon. So he's the guy there. You got to defeat him before you move on, and you, you know, do that, and then make a good movie out of that, and then you get to move on to the other ones. Well, I hope you're right, but I mean, if we're talking about the person they hired to make this movie. Um, I've got her name right here. I'm not quite sure how to say it. I'm just going to take a stab. Marle- Marlesia uh, Ringy. It's spelled like Perdukes, but I'm sure it's Purdue. Uh, so Marlesia, Marlesia Ringy Perdue. Um, she's this independent director who has one film under her belt. And um, I'm not a fan of it. We just watched it for this episode. Let's talk about it. It's a film called A Horse Driven. The title has a comma in it. I don't know if that sends a chill down your spine like it does mine. Um, what did you think of A Horse Driven? I thought it was very compelling. I found it uh, challenging, interesting. Uh, it's definitely an indie movie kind that makes you, you know, confused. Who's who in this? What's going on? You know, it's the kind of movie that makes you think. What thoughts did you get from that movie? Oh, well, my first thought was, hey, this one really got me thinking. You know, it makes you, makes, really makes you think. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation, Gavin. Rather interesting, I'll say. Really, really glad. Uh, It makes you think. Anyway, the meat of this episode, we wanted to address what we can about this movie that's being made of our beloved Gundahar books. There'll be time to talk about the books and everything that's great about them in future episodes. But for now, we have this interview with the director. Yeah. Which is from an NPR show, a culture show called Looking Down Our Nose, where they did an interview with with this director. Now, they talked to her about all her work, but that includes the news that she's been hired to work on the Gundahar film, so there should be some mention of of her plans in this conversation. And, uh, you know, it'll be just like those videos you have on YouTube where where somebody is watching a trailer or listening to a song and and you're seeing their reaction. Yeah. This is like a reaction podcast where we listen to uh, a, a national public radio program. Okay. So you haven't listened to this yet? No, I haven't listened to it yet. I just I have it queued up. We can play it and we can listen to it together. All right. You're listening to National Public Radio. Welcome to another episode of Looking Down Our Nose. An audio essay on the way that we make culture and how it in return shapes us. I'm Pledge Cracklebar, and I'll be your guide. Okay, these these uh, shows, the intro is usually long. The, the host on the show, this guy, uh, Pledge Cracklebar, if you can believe it. Um, uh, he's a total douchebag. And uh, yeah, he goes on and on. Let's just zap forward a little bit. I'm speaking, of course, of Marlitha. Rennie Perdue, director of Festival. So that's how you pronounce it. And Critical Darling, a horse driven. It's a question that can't be answered by anything but. Are we still going? Time itself. Huh. 
Thank you for having me. Okay, here it goes. Um, and if you don't mind, I would like to start off by uh, proving I've done my due diligence. I do know how to pronounce your name. I heard. Yeah. Marletha Rennie Purdue. Right. Spelled Marletha, but you pronounce it Marletha, and I just <laughs> have to ask, does your family come from northern Spain? I pronounce it that way to be interesting. I can't take this. What I really like to do, and some book purists might crucify me for this, is I love to take the source material of whatever I'm working from or whatever I want to inspire me, and I tear it up. Oh, that's kind of a weird method. basically looking at a carpet of paper, and I just kind of roll around in it and try to absorb whatever the author's intentions were and whatever place I'm supposed to take this material and where I'm supposed to drive it. And I find the, the crinkle of the paper, the smell of the ink, it just really, it really guides me. She seems a, like a yeah. bit of a nut bar. Who listens to this? Even skipping through it is intolerable. I'm sitting in an empty apartment, uh, talking into a microphone. What? Um, Marletha has left the room. I don't know about this. She does appear to be going down the hall. What, what the hell even is this crap? If they don't get the gun to her soon, I'm, 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 I'm going to lose it. What does Marletha, Rennie Purdue, see in The Moons of Gundahar? Finally. Well, I feel like with every project I work on, I'm brought on to do something bold. You don't hire me to just read the book and splash that onto the screen. That's not going to happen. Oh, no. So oh, wow. I rolled around in it for, honestly, a week least trying to figure out what these pages were trying to tell me mm-hmm. and i realized that this was all an allegory for the environment oh no no seems a an odd duck isn't she has ever sounded yes so i took a ton of liberties i changed around a lot no. i know it's early. well she sounds like a, a very interesting person she seems like a monster jump ahead a little bit I, I'm, I'm going crazy there are four books about about these moons of Gandahar? Uh, my notes say Gandahar, uh, but I don't know. Whatever, okay. Um, but anyway. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? Yeah, she she said Gandahar there. Uh, yep. She knows it's Gandahar. Sure. She's, you know, she just, that, maybe that was a slip of the tongue. Your faith in people. There are six moons. There are six moons, and um, we've got one movie. So we're going to change it, and we're going to make it one moon, six tribes. Instead of a different tribe on each moon, they're all on one. This is obviously, you know, it has to do with some cost saving. Um, but also, I believe it's important in terms of making the story more relatable and grounded. I think, honestly, like, this is my chance to add some depth to the fantasy genre. Finally. I mean, someone had to eventually. I think I'm looking at the person that can do it. Instead of six moons, it's going to be six tribes that live on the same moon? I mean, that for one thing, that corrupts the entire arc of the story. I mean, I almost worry that I'm hyperventilating right now. And I, I, I oh, think, you're crackling again. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I need to get a glass of water. Take a little break. I can understand you're getting upset there. I can't believe that they're talking about putting it all on one planet, one planetoid, whatever she said, one moon. Because where do you have the spaceships? They're going to lose all the spaceships. They're going to stay on one place. And, and what about the cool terrains of all the different moons? And also... The name of the thing is the moons of Gandahar. What are you going to call it now? The moon of Gandahar? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A moon. You should call it a moon of Gandahar. We'll be compressing four books into one movie. Right. Do you have any idea? I imagine there's a lot of a lot of fluff in these books that you're having to oh. kind of condense down. Do you have any idea which characters and scenarios you're going to be dealing with? Well, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of big guys with ray guns, and I mean, how many of those can you really care about? So we're gonna. 
narrow that down. There's a bunch of different villains, but the one that really speaks to me is uh, Lord Testicle. It's an evocative name. Yes. So I'm going to pull ideas from all of the four completed novels, obviously, and, uh, you know, he's just going to be the main villain he's going to take from all of those different stories. Really, we're just trying to burn through the whole thing in one fell swoop, because I think sequels are a heartless cash grab, and I don't believe in them. Okay, okay. If Lord Testicle is going to be the villain of this, people are going to think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Well, it's really just the name. Outside of that, he's a good, he's a good scary guy. I don't even have a problem with his name, Gavin. I just think he's a terrible character. He's ugly, and he's always just hanging around. Well, sure he's ugly. He's a bad guy, so naturally he's got the three eyes. That's like regular bad guy stuff. I don't see what's wrong with that. And you keep bringing up he's always hanging around. Well, haven't you ever known somebody who's always hanging around, and you don't like him? And you're like, geez, man, just quit hanging around, you know? And so he's there, he's hanging around, and I think anybody can relate to a villain who's Who's always hanging around. I'm starting to think I know somebody like that. Hey, wait a minute. Don't be mean. All right. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Honestly, we can't let this come between us. I mean, if you don't want me hanging around, I can go. No, I want you hanging around. I want you, Gavin. Robo Warrior 101. We're going to be making people younger, making people hotter. I mean, that's what you come to look at, right? Absolutely. There's this, uh, you know, uh, supporting character guy that um, the fans tend to love. He's like this little blue dragon um, cord. Blue dragon yeah. cord. Um, but yeah, so we're going to make him human. That's going to save... Hey, whoa, did she just say she's going to change George to a human? He's a Galglassian. He's so cool. How can you lose that out of the movie? This is going to make your tattoo stupid, you know? Uh, man, that's going to be annoying to have a big movie out there if everybody's like, Oh, Chord, yeah, Chord's cool. He's this human person or whatever. And I got a blue Galglassian on my back. Okay. So I have a new idea. I don't need to listen to any more of this garbage interview. The day of calling this the podcast Visions of Gundahar is over. I want to call it Protectors of Gundahar, Gavin. And I want to do what I can to not just raise awareness of the books, but I want to take this movie down. That is my mission. Oh. Well, I'm... Are you going to join me? I mean, maybe we could, you know, make them make a good movie if we can, you know, we could do some petitions or something. I don't Taking it down sounds kind of... Uh, it, probably impossible. I'm not sure what you can do. Do you want your tattoo to look stupid and to have people saying, wait, I thought Chord was a guy? Yeah, no, I don't want that. No, that's for sure. I don't want them to make a... They got to make a movie with a with a cool-looking Chord. He could be CG if they did a really good job, you know, motion capture or something. It doesn't sound like the people making this movie know what they're doing. So, Gavin, I'm asking you, do you mind changing the focus of this show? It's It, it can still be a celebration of our love for Gundahar, but... We now have a mission. I mean, you heard the way she talked about Chord. Yeah. She's going to use Lord Testicle? I mean, do we want this to happen? No, we got to... Do you want to maybe die before you get to see a good adaptation of Gundahar, or do you want to stop this atrocity before it happens? Yeah, no, I, I'd sure like to get them to get on the ball and make a good movie. So, yeah, I don't know what we can do, but, but yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. We got to do something. We got to do more than something. We got to do everything to stop this movie from happening. Because I tell you, they are not going to take my childhood and drag it into the light of day just to watch it die. Whoa, that was, that was weird. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. voice went all high up. Yeah, th sometimes this, uh, this voice box, um, it breaks and it goes higher. I thought the voice box uh, went off for a second. It sounded like it was a real voice there. Don't talk crazy, my friend. But you know what? I, this is a good time to end the episode. Um, uh, Marlicia, Renji, Purdue, we are uh, coming for you. And um, Gandahar, you have protectors in the world. You will not fall. You will not fall. I think that's the end of the show. 
Anything else? Where can people find you online? Ah, look me up on all the uh, uh, social media platforms. Uh, Robo Warrior 101. That's me. Gavin Priebus. And as you know, you can find me at Mountain underscore Dew 69. Um, and now we, we do have a little closing. We kind of want to do this together. You ready to say this in unison? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. So until next time, look, look for us, us between, between the, the moons. moons.